thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your lights. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your peace, your goodness. God, would you seat yourself, concentrate your presence here today, Lord. Would your presence bring healing? Would your presence bring refreshing? Would your presence bring joy and peace? God, would you come see about your people, your sons and daughters? We are here today, and we are in need of you and your presence. Lord, some of us are dealing with heaviness uh, that we've not talked about to others. Some of us are dealing with longings that we've not expressed to, other, to others. Lord, some of us are dealing with dark places in our hearts that we wouldn't even dare to let your light shine on. But God, would you shine the light of your love on us today? Would you set us free in your presence? Would you be glorified and enthroned in everything that goes on here today? Father, we need your spirit. We need your presence. We need your guidance. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak, you preach to me first. Holy Spirit, would you stretch yourself out in me, God? Lord, I pray that every word that I say is what you want me to say. And, Lord, if there's not, Lord, I pray that the people just forget about it. Lord, I pray that you, uh, Lord, I, I believe that you've begun the work of preparing our hearts to hear your word. Lord, I believe that your spirit has begun the work of breaking up the fallow ground in our hearts. God, would you please, please give us ears to hear what you are saying to us right now. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the love that he brings. We thank you for the invitation into his divine family that he extends to us. And we thank you that he calls us to live holy and uh, righteous lives and empowers us to do that. So, God, um, we exalt you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. All right. This week the question is, who touched my clothes? So we are examining the story uh, found in Mark chapter 5. When I was growing up, this story was always called the woman with the issue of blood. Um, she, does, she is not named in scripture, but this story has blessed me in ways I cannot even describe. I cannot wait to share what the Spirit has been doing in my heart when it comes to this. So let's... Uh, Leah, let's read Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. Would you please stand as you are able? And let's read this in concert. That means all together. It says, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, 
came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Yes, I can go to the first slide of the scripture and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. So Jesus, in the gospel narrative of Mark, the scripture passage immediately preceding, Jesus had just cast a ton of demons out of a out of a madman. This man was in um, like in a a remote place, and he was, like, cutting himself with stones, and nobody could bind him up. Jesus cast out a bunch of demons out of him, sent him to the pigs. The pigs went over the edge of the cliff. It's, it's in Mark. I promise it's in there. Um, and uh, all the people were like, whoa, this must be the Son of God, because this is, like, a super cool miracle that Jesus just did. This man was crazy, and now he's completely in his right mind. And so Jesus, the word is building about him. Like, the, um, the people, the Jews, they are buzzing about this man that seems to have power that nobody else before him has ever had. So Jesus is, like, going about his business. It says that he went across, he went in a boat across the lake. As soon as he got off the boat, the people pressed in around him. They were like, listen, if other people getting free, I'm trying to get free too. I'm trying to get me some of this. And so um, Jairus a ruler of the synagogue, a leader of the synagogue, one of the religious elite, one of the people who have a bunch of status in that culture, a bunch of status in that community. He said, you know what? I've heard about this man, Jesus, but my baby is sick. His daughter was sick almost unto death. And let me tell you, the leaders of the synagogue, the religious leaders didn't really fool with Jesus like this. But when you get desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures. He didn't care who saw him as Jesus for help. He said, fellas, I'm going to stay here with my baby. Y'all go ahead and um, get Jesus to come to my house and heal my daughter. So the fella said, Jesus, Jairus, you know him. He's the leader in the synagogue. His baby is sick. Can you go heal him? And Jesus says, okay, I'm going to go. While Jesus is on his way, droves of people are pressing in on him. So this is the scene. Jesus is on his way to perform this good miracle, and people are like, Jesus, Jesus. You know how, like, when you are watching, like, E! Channel? Is that a channel? Yeah. And, like, I don't know if people do this anymore, but, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, celebrities were, like, still a big deal. If you got a chance to touch one, like, people would be like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, crying. Oh, my, it's B2K. And it was like that, but it was Jesus. People were touching him, touching him, asking for healing. These are people with real needs, and Jesus was on his way. So this is the scene that we have. It says, and a large crowd followed him on the way to Jairus' house, on his way to perform a healing, and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. Let me give you all a little background on that. In Jewish society, women were ceremonially, ceremonially unclean if they had any type of discharge. This is going to be like a PG type of sermon. I think everybody in here can handle it. So, it literally, in, in Leviticus chapter 15, in the law, in 
what, how these people live their lives. A woman is unclean for as long as there's any type of discharge that is coming from her body. And y'all, ladies, men, fellas, we all know women have discharges <laughs> once a month. <laughs> Three to six weeks, like it's happening all the time. And what they were not able to do, like, so they were unclean and they were not able to touch anybody because the person that they touched would be called unclean. Nobody was able to touch them because then that person would be unclean. It was a big deal to be called unclean because if you were unclean, you couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't be amongst the people of God. You are a part of the family of God, sure, but you could not participate. You could not pull up your chair to the table and partake in what the spread was. It was like you were a member of God's family technically, but you lost a little bit of your rights because you were unclean. So this woman couldn't be around nobody. She couldn't go worship in the temple. If she had a husband, he was long gone by that time. Because if she had a discharge for 12 years, she was with a man that she couldn't even share a bed with. They couldn't even share furniture. So if she had a husband before or if she had kids before, it had been 12 years before anybody had ever touched her with a loving embrace. 12 years of isolation. Now this woman... It says, it says in verse 26, she had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. So I imagine like this. If I don't feel good, I'm going to wait it out for a few days. You know what I'm saying? I think it'll clear up on its own. I got a cough in my chest. I'm pretty sure I don't need to go to the doctor. I'm going to take a couple Robitussin, rub some Bics right here, and it's going to be fine. But if it persists and my throat start hurting and my nose is still blocked, I'm going to go to patient first. I'm going to go to the doctor. So I imagine this woman said, you know, this thing, I've it ain't clearing up the way it normally clears up. This is, it was normal at one point, but it's not normal anymore. Let me go to the doctor. So she went to the first doctor and she said, sir, um, I don't feel right. Something weird is happening. Can you help me out? And he said, cool, absolutely. That'll be $150. He, it's not dollars because it's a different time, but just bear with me. He says, it's okay, cool, $150. And she says, no problem. And he, you know, prescribes a salve. He says, do this, you know, jump, uh, dunk yourself in the Jordan River three or four times. Well, I mean, whatever he tells her, she goes and does it, I'd imagine, and it doesn't work. So she says, you know what, let me go get a second opinion. So she goes to the next doctor and says, listen I went to this other uh, uh, person before and they didn't help me out can you help me and they say probably it's gonna be $250 this time sis and she says okay I got it ain't no problem I could pay my bills so she gives him $250 and he says well maybe you should do this that and the third she goes home and she does this that and the third but listen it still doesn't work so she says, the first two doctors didn't work. Let me go to somebody else. She goes to the third doctor, goes through the whole thing again and again, and she still gets no healing. And it gets to the point that she is broke. She has no money. So not only is she on the outside, she has no relational connection to her people. She has no relational connection to her God because she cannot go to the temple who's offering sacrifices on her behalf. So not only is she on the outside of the community, she ain't got no money. It's one thing to feel lonely, but it's another thing to be lonely and broke. 
and she don't feel good. So listen, this isn't just for like a day or like a week or a month or even a year or five years. It is 12 years. She is on the outside and she is physically ill. Like it's hemorrhaging for 12 years every day. There is no relief. There has not been any healing. She did all the things she thought she could do. She had went from doctor to doctor to doctor and still there was no relief. It said she had endured much and I'm sure them doctors was taking advantage of a woman who ain't have no man with her to help or help her or speak on her behalf. She endured much under many physicians and spent all that she had and she was no better but in fact she grew worse. So not only was she on the outside, not only did she have no money, but she was getting sicker as time went on. And before I get further, I want you to imagine yourself as this woman with the issue of blood. I don't want you to think of her as some distant figure in scripture because, no, all of us have had some ailments that have bothered us, affected us. Some of us, we may not talk about them. Some of us, we keep them hidden. But we surely go to physician after physician after physician who offers us no reprieve. Ask yourself, what's the thing that's ailing me today? What's the brokenness in my heart? What's the brokenness in my life? And what doctors am I going to to get it right? What physicians am I seeking out and not receiving any sort of healing? This woman had been with a woman without a husband was above all the most vulnerable in that society. She was no one. Maybe, in fact, a little bit less than no one. She was nothing. I'm pretty sure that her dignity, her identity as a woman, as a person made in the image of God, was affirmed by absolutely nobody. So this woman, who it's against the law for her to even be around other people, but not even around, she can't even touch people, she heard about Jesus. And she says, you know what? I've got to do something, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. The word was out. A prophet, a miracle worker was on the move. And he'd been out here healing all types of diseases, raising the dead, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, feeding 5,000. People said, I need me some of that. But this woman, this unnamed woman, For 12 years, she'd been on the outside looking in. For 12 years, she'd visited doctor after doctor, finding a way, trying to find a way to be healed. Nothing worked. She was hoping. She was wishing. She was praying. Maybe this one will have the answer. Maybe this one will have the answer. And for 12 years, she persisted. 12 years scraping up the money for each doctor's visit. Maybe in the beginning her family was willing to lend her some money. Maybe in the beginning there might have been a relative that was willing to house her, but after 12 years, people say, enough is enough. Get your stuff together. So maybe she had to resort to begging, to stealing. 12 years of being dismissed. 12 years of being ignored. 12 years of being looked straight through. 12 years of feeling sick every single day. 12 years, 12 years, 12 years. Who can imagine this woman's mental state? Can you imagine how exhausted 
she must have been. How weary she was every single day. She opened her eyes. She might have been praying for death. Who knows? But every single day she opened her eyes and her situation was not only the same as it was yesterday, but it was probably worse. And that type of pain wears on you. It wears on you when you are um, in an when you have an affliction or you feel under the weight of a pressure that you can't even name to other people, and it's like it 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 wears away at the fabric of your soul. So much, so much so that you're just like, Lord, just t take me home. Like, what's up? Like, what's what's up with this? What's going on? Like the exhaustion this woman must have had, but she heard that Jesus was passing through. And I know that this woman's situation was desperate because she does the unthinkable. Like I said, she was on the outside, but not just because people were like, ew, get away. It was the law for her to be away. And for her to come and press into other people, for her to come and say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, touching all them good, clean folk, it was against the law she deserved death for that. Let's keep reading. Go to the next slide. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. She did something desperate. She pressed into the crowd. She risked everything based on what she heard about Jesus. She, an outsider. She, an outcast. She, the rejected, pressed her way in to Jesus. Think about Think about that. Somebody on the outside, somebody that the religious elite say you ain't good enough, you ain't holy enough, you ain't right enough, you ain't clean enough. Think about who that is in your heart right now. That person has every right to press their way into Jesus. Some of you identify with that in this room right now. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus has time. I want you to press right on into Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back. Okay. So, she comes up behind him in the crowd and touches his cloak, for she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. She says, maybe this guy is exactly what everybody's saying he is. I've tried everything else. If I can just get close to him, maybe that will be enough. If he's as powerful as he says he is, maybe touching his cloak is all that I need. So we're confronted with these two immediately. The first immediately is she touches his cloak and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she'd been healed of her disease. And at once there's something that happens simultaneously. It's not just her. Go to the next slide. She immediately feels her healing, but Jesus immediately feels virtue going out of him. At once, there's a connection. In one moment, her world collides with the world of the king of kings, but she couldn't possibly know it yet. All she knows is that, yo, I didn't feel good before, but something feels okay right now. So immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turns and says, who touched my clothes? 
Jesus, who is being touched by everybody right now. Jesus, who is on his way to the power of the people. Jesus, who is on his way to do something else, stops in the crowd and says, who touched my clothes off of the touch of a woman who's been on the outside for 12 years? Jesus stops and says, who touched my clothes? Listen, and his disciples, listen, I love the disciples. They're my favorites in all of the Bible. The disciples are like, Jesus, everybody is touching you. They're like, master. They're like trying to get him to Jairus' house. They're the squad like, okay, we got to keep moving this way. Keep moving this way. They're like, Jesus, we're all touching you right now, brother. What's going on? You see this crowd, don't you, bro? How can you say who touched me? But they didn't know yet that when Jesus is asking a question, he's not just trying to get information. He's trying to show that he is God of very God walking this earth. So when Jesus says, who touched my clothes? Let's take a minute and think about why he's asking that. Why her? Why then? Jesus is immediately aware that he's been touched, but it's something different. It's a touch that sent power out of him. But listen to this. We know that Jesus only does what he sees the Father doing. Jesus only does what he sees the Father doing. So why was it the Father's will that this woman's touch caught Jesus' attention? So listen, what it says to me is that God cares about those who are on the outside. I mean, yeah, Jesus was on his way to Jairus' daughter's, to Jairus's house. He was getting ready to heal her. And let me tell you, spoiler alert, she dies and he raises her from the dead, okay? He does that too. But on the way, he stops and says, who touched my ghost? Please, please keep going. The next slide. He looked all around. That's another thing. Jesus looks for this woman. I tell you all the time, Jesus is really nice to ladies out here, okay? Listen. He said, who touched my clothes? The woman was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to do that. It, she didn't say nothing immediately. He looked all around. He looked around for this woman. And the father was telling him to do that because we have to get this. Jesus came for the marginalized. Jesus came for the broken. He came for the outcast. And if you feel like you're too far outside the family of God, if you feel like you've done too much, you've sinned too much, you've hurt other people too much, you feel like there's no way you can press your way into Jesus, this story right here came to tell you, listen, press into Jesus. Jesus is looking for you right now. Jesus is looking for you right now. He's saying, listen, just reach out, press into me, press into me right now. I care about you. I see you. I know you. Verse 33, it says, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. I can imagine this woman is shook. Like she literally, she can't stay in hiding anymore. She wants to, I'm sure, because she did something illegal. She broke the rules. Her very existence was a breaking of the rules. She was unclean. That was what the law said. The people weren't sinning by having, but just on uh, 
first blush sinning by having her be on the outside. That's what the rules said to do. But sometimes we can get so caught up in the rules that we forget that Jesus calls us to have a heart of compassion for the people that Jesus calls us to love other people the way that he loved us, uh, the way that he loved us. We forget that Jesus saw us when we was in our messed up state. Jesus saw us when we was without a hope, without a prayer. Jesus saw us in our deepest, darkest moments, moments that we wouldn't share with nobody else and he said I called you by name come out come out daughter into the lightness come out son into the light we forget about that okay the woman can't stay hiding any longer the Messiah who just healed her this man who had just healed her said who touched me she I mean I wouldn't say nothing I'd be like listen I'm good right now I'm okay if I just walk back to the house Nobody had to know because I think I'm going to get in trouble. I just ain't going to do that. And or she could be thinking, lots of people were touching him. Somebody else got healed. It wasn't just me. Everybody got their healing today, okay? I don't got to testify. Somebody else, this can't possibly fall to me. Maybe they had hemorrhages healed as well. I don't know. Who were me to say? Even his disciples are looking at him like he's crazy. He can't be me. But to me, here's the thing, because we are created by God in God's image and God's handprint is on us, when God is pursuing us, when God is looking for us, something in us has got to respond to that. Some of, like, there's something when God has set his focus on you, and he just is like, yo, you, you come out right now. You just got to be like, okay, I'll come into the light, gosh. I ain't want nobody to know that you sent me free. <laughs> Let's not forget, though. It's not like he was walking by himself and she just was like, cool, all right, we walked away. It's everybody's out there. All the respectable people, people who get to go to the temple, people who get to participate, everybody is standing out there. So he's calling her out in the front of a throng of people. He's on his way to do something big, and he's stopping and asking a crazy question. Jesus asked a lot of crazy questions. We're going to talk about them later. Doug talked about last week, who do you say that I am? And in that moment, Jesus Christ reveals his fully divine nature. Why does, why does Jesus care who we, who we say? Because it matters. Jesus cares that we know that he is the son of the living God. There's another story that says um, when they're on a boat and the boat about to capsize and Jesus is asleep downstairs. And um, they're like, Jesus, um, don't you care that we die? Jesus calms this, like the storm and all, everything. He's like, why was you afraid? Why are you so afraid? And that just is a crazy question. But that shows that Jesus has power over the wind and the waves and all the elements are subject to him. Everything bows before him. So listen, she said, he says, who touched my clothes? He looks for her. She comes forward and tells him everything. She's aware that she could face some serious consequences for what she did. Here's a woman who's probably used to being treated like nothing, to be seen as disgusting. She thought she might be getting in trouble. Like, this is a guy who be teaching and preaching, is an anointed. Like, he might bring me in front of the people to be stoned to death. She'd broken the law. She wasn't supposed to touch anyone, but she touched the most important someone ever. But something in her, she had to come to Jesus and admit everything. She knew that she had been changed. 
And maybe to her, this is a guess, any punishment that was coming was worth the freedom that she knew she had. You ever have a toothache or like a stomachache or something? No, toothache. Let's go with that one because that's the worst. You ever just have a toothache? It's like I've had the kind of toothaches where it's like you're asleep and it wakes you up out of your sleep and you have to. It's just the most horrible, horrible, horrible thing that I've ever experienced. But then when it stops, when the pain goes away, you just are like, phew. You feel like singing. You're like, I'm going to treat myself to some Chick-fil-A. I deserve it. Like, it's just, it's an amazing feeling when you've had this persistent, gnawing thing. Like, multiply that times infinity. I'm sure that's what this woman was feeling before she had been a dead woman walking she was nothing to no one, an object to be avoided. She was an object to be despised, and now she'd been healed, and the one who'd healed her was calling out for her. She had to respond. I love how Jesus looks for her. I love how he looks for her in the crowd. I love how he looks for her in the crowd. And he asks her to identify herself. He calls her out, not so he could know, but so everyone else would know. It was so everyone else would know he did not just come for the respectable folks. He did not just come for everybody that does everything right all the time. Jesus cares about the unrespectable, unrespectable, the misfits, the outsiders, the broken, the lost, the sick, the lame, the blind, the broken, the anxious, the rejected, the depressed, the fearful. Jesus came for all y'all, okay? All of us in here. And not only does he call her out and all the people see that this is the woman that Jesus chose to heal, he listens to her. He had time for her to tell the whole truth. And I'm sure she probably went through the whole thing. I would. I'd be like, well, let me tell you something. It started off, it wasn't that bad. But then it just got worse and worse and worse. And not only could Jesus hear, but the whole crowd of people could hear that the person that they thought they had rightfully excluded was the person that Jesus now stopped and listened to. Not only did he stop and listen to her, he healed her. And let me tell you what else he does. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Let me tell you something. Not only does Jesus call out to her, not only does Jesus listen to her, he takes this outside woman who was not an active member of the family of God and calls her daughter. He gives her his identity. He says, listen, I don't care what anybody else has said about you. You are mine. I see you. I know you. You are my child. Listen, daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. So if you are in here tonight... And somebody that you know, whether in this house or in a house someplace else, has thought that they have rightfully excluded you from the family of God. I'm here to let you know that God has invited you into his family. You belong to the King of Kings. You belong to the Lord of Lords. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. You don't have to worry about nothing else. You don't have to worry about what nobody has to say about you. You belong to God. You are his. You are his beautiful creation. You are his masterpiece. You are his handiwork created to do good works to glorify his name. And if you think, does this apply to me? It especially applies to you. 
it especially applies to you. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So what's God saying to us right now? First, the question, sister, brother, what is ailing you? What has pushed you to the outside? What's the thing that's caused you to seek out various physicians whose remedies didn't make you better? In fact, things got worse. Be honest with yourself and with God. Was it doctor success? Was it doctor adultery? Doctor fornication? Was it the feeling of being, was it doctor power, huh? Doctor money? Was it alcohol? Was it food? Was it relationships? Whose arms have you been running into seeking healing that only Jesus can give? What I need y'all to know is that it's time to press into Jesus. Jesus has time. Even if time and time again you've, you've run into people who have not had time for you, people who have skipped over you, people who are exasperated with your failures, people who are tired of hearing you cry, moan, complain, people who have rejected you, people who have avoided you, People who have pushed you out, don't worry about that. Jesus invites you in. Press into Jesus. Jesus has time. Jesus is the great physician. And the place where you need healing is not too far gone for Jesus to skip over it. He wants to take his time with you. He wants to heal you completely. Jesus said it's not the healthy that need a doctor but the sick. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous, but for the sinner. Jesus wants you to be whole. Some of us in here might say, I can't identify. I've never felt on the outside. I obey fully and completely. I belong in the family of God. I have always felt in the, in the family of God. But who are you intentionally or unintentionally pushing to the outside? Who are the most marginalized groups of people? Who are the most marginalized people in your life? That coworker you can't stand? Your father that keeps disappointing you? People who don't agree with you? And I want you to think about it not just in your own life, but in the life of the church. What groups are the most marginalized in this house? What groups has the church said you don't belong here, you don't get a seat at the table? Examine your own hearts in the presence of God. Because there's a little bit of the woman with the issue of blood in us, but there's also a little bit of the religious elite in us as well. And there's just something in us that likes to say, I belong, but you do not. And that's sin, people of God. We have to remember that the table that is spread before us is the master's table. He invites us in. This is not our table that we've laid before ourselves. We are to extend the invitation to others, but we are not to exclude anybody. The master's table is spread for all. All who will come to Jesus are welcome. For everybody in here, hear the invitation to rest. Jesus is offering a rest from your deepest brokenness. 
Jesus is offering a rest from your isolation, from your rejection, from your fear, from your anxiety. Jesus wants to make you whole. I believe that with my whole heart. Jesus wants his people to be whole. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us walking in the power of his love. And Jesus' love goes beyond anything we could ever think or imagine. And it extends to people that we wish it didn't. I'm going to ask the prayer team to um, get in, uh, go to y'all's places. Oh, quiet, y'all can come up. We're about to enter a time of response to God's word. And if you're here, even if you're in the choir, if you're here and you're feeling like, I need some healing from the, from the master, I need to press into Jesus, you can do that right here, right now. There are people that are ready and willing to pray with you, to join their faith with yours. And you might be saying, change can't really happen in a moment. It can't happen in a single instant. I'm going to go up and pray and I'm going to sit down and be exactly the same as I was before. But listen, y'all, this is what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus is calling us to a life of faith and expectation and belief that he does want us to be whole. That he does want us to be well. That he does want us to be free. Jesus wants freedom for each one of us. If you're here and you do not know the Lord, I'd invite you to go to one of these trusted elders and let them know, listen, something's happening. I feel like God is telling me to do something, to respond in some way. I don't know what's next, and they'll guide you through. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you for your presence here. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, whose life of perfect obedience is an example to us all. Father, we thank you that your son, Jesus, came to seek and to save those of us that were lost and all of us were lost. Father, I pray that your spirit would bring healing and refreshing to your people. Lord, I pray that your spirit would set people free even here tonight. Father, I pray that your spirit would increase our faith that the work that you've started in us, you are faithful to perform it and complete it to the day of your return. And Lord, most of all, what I pray right now in this moment is that we would know the love that you give to us so freely. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our understanding to your great matchless love that surrounds us, that wraps us up. Father, we do honor you. We do praise you.
be glorified. Be glorified in here tonight, oh God. Be glorified. Summon your strength, oh God, so that we can testify of your greatness. We love you, Lord. In Christ's name.